Hi, you guys. This is Liz Ryan, and this is the Truth About Work podcast, episode 47. We're getting to the end of 2020. Thank goodness. What a year. I'm going to talk about 2020 and looking ahead to 2021 in this episode. And I also have some questions to answer. Should I tell my boss recruiters keep calling me? How do I deal with the dragon slaying story that wasn't mine alone? How long should I wait at my current job for a promotion I've been promised? And uh, is this a good time to start consulting alongside my full-time job, seeing as how I'm working from home and I got a lot of extra time? Let's dive into all that. Let's start with 2020, though. Looking back, I I would hate for you to get out of 2020. We're all happy to be getting out of it, but hate for you to let this intense painful, difficult, challenging year go by without giving yourself credit for what you overcame and surmounted during these relatively hellish last, what is it, 10 months. January and February, we're not really dealing with COVID-19 as much. And then in March, it hit like a ton of bricks. And it's been incredibly difficult since then. We're waiting right now as I sit here to hear whether people are going to get an extension and their unemployment benefits, which could run out, throwing, from what I've read, 11 million people off of benefits and into dire situation, housing situation. Also, eviction uh, restrictions may disappear. It's a, it's a very, very scary, intense time waiting on the senatorial election in Georgia, all kinds of stress and, and, and anxiety on top of what we've already experienced and, um, you know, we're dealing with it in our minds and in our bodies. And I hope that you, number one, are taking care of yourself and not getting down on yourself the way a lot of us have a tendency to do, but being easy on yourself. And particularly as we come to the end of 2020, giving yourself credit for what you have done, what you have survived and surmounted this year. If you don't have a journal, this is a great time to grab any notebook, anything you can write on and start writing. Because I think that you are going to feel proud when you see what really you, first of all, you made it through a pandemic, you know, thus far, we've made it through this pandemic at a lot of great personal disruption, right? Whatever you've done was against the backdrop of you know, slogging through oatmeal, slogging through freezing mud, whatever the worst physical situation would be, whatever you accomplished this year, it was against that backdrop. So if it was a tough year, financially, work-wise, at home, whatever, yes, yes, all to be expected, and it could have been worse, and you are not just a survivor, but a superhero, having done every single thing that you've done in 2020. If you are supporting a kid or kids trying to be kids, trying to do school potentially, if you're doing school yourself, if you have a job, if you've been job hunting, if you have a business you've been trying to run through this pandemic, I feel you, it's not easy. None of it is easy. Give yourself credit, write down. Here's what I did despite. Here's what I was able to do in 2020 despite all of the obstacles facing me. I still, you know, 
manage to do yoga a couple times a week, or I still manage to get my doggy out to the park and walk around and remember what, you know, what, what fresh air feels like. I still manage to keep up with my book club, whatever it is. I still manage to do my job or find a new job or pursue my job search or whatever. I did all that despite this year aged us. I don't think there's any question about it. More than 12 months, but we got to get something out of it. And hopefully some of what we get out of it is some aha about what we are capable of under pressure under duress and maybe some learning write that down too here's what I learned about myself this year here's what I realized I'm good at that I never even knew I was good at maybe was never interested in before here's what I tried for the first time in 2020 give yourself credit and capture that learning because like every year this year is going to fade into you know it's going to fade into the past Grab that learning. Be something you can tell your grandkids about. Right? You got to give yourself credit because a lot of people out here are not giving you credit. I doubt they are. Most people are not overwhelmed with external acknowledgement. So we have to give it to ourselves. And it's really powerful when we do. Go ahead and give yourself credit. If you're working, work has not been easy this past year. It's dealing with Zoom calls and KPIs, they call key performance indicators. And I'm kind of shocked, you know, I put a poll on LinkedIn, I think. Somebody wrote and said, should we still do performance reviews with, you know, letter grades or excellent needs improvement, all that stuff, or just give people a raise. And I put it out as a poll because I was curious what people would say. And it was I think 67% said, yeah, just give people a raise. But then the dissenters on that, the other folks, uh, I heard from a lot of them who said, yeah, sure, everybody wants a raise without the evaluation. We have such a such a measurement and punishment mentality still around work. Oh, it's sickening. That's not what work is. It isn't a place to go and be evaluated every minute of every day. Like, how does that help anybody Right? Most of us don't perform at our best, don't get in the zone, don't give our all to things when we're constantly being judged. But something about work, it's baked right in there, right into the structure, the Godzilla machinery that I'm always complaining about is this idea of you got to be judged, you got to be judged. I don't believe in performance reviews in any time, but certainly not during COVID. It's absurd, it's ridiculous, and insulting. Anybody that worked all this year is a superhero and deserves as much money as their employer can throw at them, if you ask me. Uh, Anyway, yeah, if you had a job this year, it might have been your hardest year on the job. I hope not, but that's what I'm hearing from a lot of folks. And if you did that, I want you to give yourself credit. Just get a little journal and write a few paragraphs. Capture what you can from 2020 before you dive into another year. So then when you've done that, When you've written about what you surmounted this year, what you experienced, what you will remember, what you learned, what you tried for the first time, what you never want to try again, what you learned about your relationships, the people that you hang out with virtually or otherwise, right? 
what you had to do this year that, that you never expected to have to do. How you grew, how you got stronger, right? Maybe you found your voice. Maybe you found some little flame inside yourself that deserves to be fanned, that deserves to grow. Write about all that. And then when you, when you feel like you've captured that, then you can turn your attention to 2021. Here's another 12 months of time. We, we haven't gotten past the pandemic. We might still be working from home. We have months to go before all of us or you know, most of us are gonna have a vaccine in our arm, but still we've gotten through, we, we believe we've been told more time in this state with COVID-19 than we expect to have to withstand going forward. So what are your plans for 2021? Based on what you've learned about yourself and the world in 2020, what do you want to do in 2021? What do you want to try? When it comes to your job, does your current job, if you have a job right now, does it still deserve you for another 12 months? Or is it time to maybe start thinking about doing something else? If you're job hunting, is, is it working? Is it going as well as could be expected given the external conditions? Or is it time to change up the, the strategy? change up your career direction or your branding or the employers that you're focusing on, right? Change up your methodology, getting away from just strictly filling out online job applications to maybe trying some other techniques like, like the ones I teach and that we teach at Human Workplace, pain letters and so on, your human voiced resume. That could be something to think about. Is it time to think about working for yourself? As an independent consultant, it's a popular topic right now, very popular because people are saying, I, I just don't know if I'm going to get what I need and deserve out of the W-2 full-time employment world. Doesn't always offer what people need and what they deserve. Stuff to think about for 2021. Now, I am not a fan of New Year's resolutions. If you wanna do it, you should do it, but I'm not a fan, I'll tell you why. Because New Year's resolutions, in my experience, come from a place of you should. You should lose 10 pounds, you should go to the gym, can't go to the gym, maybe right now you're gonna work out with weights at home three mornings a week for 45 minutes. They come from a, a parental, critical parent type of a place, you should. And that's why we drop our resolutions after two to three months traditionally, because they come from a place of you should. Yeah, but if I should, then the question is, why haven't I already? And the answer undoubtedly is because real life is hard and I have way too much stuff on my plate as it is. That's why I haven't added these extra should items that this parental part of my brain keeps shoving at me. You should, you should, you should. And yet I haven't because it doesn't work in my life. I'm too stressed. There's too much going on. I'm too busy. So you got to back off. So, you know, that response to the critical parent voice, the, you know, frustrated kid voice, or just the you voice is gonna pop out eventually. You don't talk to that many people that said, yeah, I made a New Year's resolution and I carried it right through to the end of the year, December 31st, it was awesome. Hey, if that's you, then do what works for you. But I have a suggestion for an alternative to New Year's resolutions that tend to fall into the category of things that I think I should do, you know, eat your vegetables type of thing. 
And so my suggestion as an alternative to New Year's resolutions is to spend the same time and energy instead of jumping right to the prescription. Here's what I should do, what I really should do, but meaning to do this. Why haven't I done this? I'm bad. Is saying, what do I want? What do I want for myself in 2021? And what do I want to have changed in my life on December 31st, 2021, when I look back? What do I want to be different? Now we're getting at what you want, not what somebody else wants for you or some part of your brain that acts the character of some parental figure or authority figure that's going to tell you what you should do, what you should have done a long time ago. This is what do you want and think about orienting the year around that to the extent that you can. Does your living situation support you the way you want and need it to? If not, maybe that's the biggest thing. Then forget the resolutions. I'm going to do this thing every day or twice a week and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do all these things because I think I should. Forget all the should every little bit of it and say, what do I want? And how do I focus on getting what I want and deserve? I'm an adult and I get to make those decisions. And when my body and mind are all aligned around me getting what I want, you know, things are going to work better than when I'm, I've got more KPIs, more key performance indicators on me. Only now they're coming from this critical voice in my head that says, you should, you should, you should lose 10 pounds. You should save more money. Who's motivated to do that? Get motivated by what you need and want, your vision for yourself in 2021 and then over the long term. That is typically more inspiring than a list of shoulds, resolutions. Think about it. Your vision. What do you want to change and shift and evolve in your own life? And then from there, what are the steps that it would take to get there? And What can you do? in the first quarter and the second quarter and the third quarter and the fourth quarter of 2021 to move you to that state that you envision and see already in your mind's eye and deserve and want for yourself. A little more elevated, I think, and, and, and uh, inspiring way to think about the year ahead than necessarily resolutions. All right. That being said, we could all drink more water, right? Pretty much all of us. All right, so that's 2020 and 2021. And now I have some questions to answer sent by readers and listeners. You can send me your questions too at support at humanworkplace.com. I answer a few of them all the time on social media and also here on the Truth About Work podcast. First one from Andrea. Hi, Liz. Should I tell my boss that recruiters call me all the time? I feel like that might give her ammunition when she goes to argue for my pay raise. So logical, Andrea. But work isn't logical. That's part of the mythology, right? Oh, it's all very linear, data-driven, analytical, logical, rational, please. Except go do a job and then see whether it's logical and rational and analytical. It's not. Because it's an artificial structure, right? The whole organizational chart and the hierarchy the whole Godzilla thing, it's not rational. It's, it's emotional and fear is the predominant emotion in most workplaces. We try to tamp it out, right? We try to lift above that. 
and get inspired by the mission and one another. And when, when everything is moving together, that's what happens. And it's a wonderful thing. And that's what I want for you and every working person is to be in that lifted state. We call it human workplace, right? But fear is omnipresent at work. It is there and must be factored in. So when you say, should I tell my boss that recruiters call me all the time? I can't even move my lips and tongue fast enough to say, no, Andrea, don't do that. You would think that your boss would say, wow, thank you for telling me that, Andrea. That gives me ammunition when I go talk to my boss about getting you a better pay increase. But no, that's not how it works because fear is in the mix. Andrea might be afraid, meaning hostile, when she hears not Andrea's you. Your boss might be hostile, sorry, uh, when 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 she or he hears that, uh, you know, recruiters keep calling you all the time. And their boss might be hostile, right? Your boss might be your greatest supporter and say, oh, thank you for telling me about all these recruiters calling you, Andrea, because I'll bring that to my boss. And then their boss might be hostile and say, here's what the boss is going to say. I, I'm an HR person since the year one and many bosses would say, let them go then. Why are you telling me recruiters call? Let them go. Let them go with these recruiters if they're so great. Does that sound like an eight-year-old on the playground? Yeah, because that's where people go in fear. They go right to that place. Hostility. Picture the shoulders up a little bit. Fronting. Ready. Ready to scrap. <laughs> yeah, let them go then. You got an employee, Andrea. Recruiters keep calling. Let her go. Don't let the door hit her on the ass on the way out, right? That's the whole paragraph. No. Andrea, do not tell your boss that recruiters keep calling you. <laughs> that will not go well, I predict, because it never does. No. And by the way, if they would need that kind of ammunition to give you a raise, I mean, do they deserve you? Do they really deserve you? The truth that we must speak about in the workplace today, in the United States anyway, it's hard to get a bigger than average pay raise. It is hard to get a bigger than average pay raise no matter what you accomplish. You could replace two people who left. You could work yourself out of a job, as they used to say, by improving processes so much that your old job doesn't even exist and you're doing a much higher level job right now. This is a common situation, especially in growing companies, you still don't get more than an average raise, which in the U.S. is going to be around 3%. You're making, let's say, $50,000 a year, 3% is an extra $1,500 on top of that. That's about, what, 12, uh, uh, wait, did I say that right? Yeah, that's about, is that $120 a month after taxes? What is it? $87? Anna, a month. 20 bucks a week. Not hating, but really. To get paid more than that, as your skills grow, you typically have to change jobs, which is when people run into the criticism, oh, you're a job hopper. So the working world, the W-2 employment world, is not set up to advantage working people. I would not tell your boss that recruiters keep calling you, but when you talk to these recruiters, I assume they're calling you about better paying jobs, right? That would be the only point in telling your boss about it if you were, you know, going to do that. And again, I don't recommend it. Uh, I would say to the recruiters, you know, I'm looking for a job right now and I'm looking for a job with 
career advancement possibility. I need to hear that out of their lips. Years ago, years ago, I got a call from a young woman, oh, a friend of mine. She used to babysit for my kids and she finished college and moved to Chicago and she called me such a sweetheart and she said, I have an interview and the lady from the employment agency said, you know, told me what to do at the interview and she said, just don't use the words career path or career advancement in the interview. This client doesn't like that. So they're sending her a 22 year old to a job interview where they don't want to hear about career advancement, the, the, the employer doesn't, because it offends them because the job obviously, evidently, has no career advancement. I said, oh, I would totally go on the interview and I would just talk nonstop about your interesting career advancement, you know, just to freak them out. <laughs> yeah, they actually offered her the job. She did talk about career advancement and they said it's limited in this position, which at least was honest. But I still don't like the fact that the recruiter told her, uh, you know, don't use the words career advancement or career path. Can you imagine trying to muzzle a job candidate like that? But anyway, as far as you go, Andrea, I would, I would look for a job with more career advancement possibility than you have. Because you should not have to go bring in evidence, bring in witnesses like your uh, recruiters that are calling you to get paid what your what your job is worth and what is your job worth whatever the actual job description that you're performing whatever that pays in the marketplace as per whoever glassdoor salary.com payscale.com indeed and so on hi right, next question hi liz this is from todd i want to put a dragon slaying story about a software development project in my resume but i didn't do the coding it was my team how do i word that Okay, easy peasy, Todd. You say, I led a team that developed XYZ software, you know, under budget, you know, to scope, whatever whatever terminology you guys use in software development, uh, ahead of schedule. I led a team of six developers and a project manager, whatever it is. You put it in there. You just say, I led, I managed, I oversaw, I spearheaded, all that stuff. I like the word I in a resume, not incessant eyes, but... Of course, you can use the word I in your resume because it is a document about you. It's your principal branding document, as a matter of fact. All right. This question is from Kimber. Hi, Liz. How long should I wait for the promotion my boss promised me last summer? I understand delays due to COVID, but this is becoming ridiculous. Yeah. No, it's absurd. If you think about work, okay, just like think about work. Um, you know, you go to work at Burger King. And you're a crew member at Burger King. I was one of those. I got fired from Burger King, matter of fact. But I was briefly a crew member at Burger King. And um, there were team leaders or whatever they were called. I think they were called team leads. And, uh, you know, you got promoted. It was an official thing. It goes in the system and they change the title. You might get a different hat or whatever. I don't know. You know, you get a different pay rate. It's real. That is how promotions work. Today... We run into a lot of situations like yours where you might be already be doing the work and they say, well, you know, the paperwork hasn't gone through. I'm waiting for approval from my boss. That is unethical on the face of it right there. If you're doing the work, you're not getting the pay. You know why you're not getting the pay or the title? Because they are playing chicken with you, figuring it's more of a hassle for you to leave. So they are violating their own policy that says that this job is a bigger job and should pay more. Maybe Andrea's dealing with that too. I don't know. But 
if, if, if you're waiting already six months, seven months, no, they don't get more time. Why would they get more time? Why would you trust them at all on anything at this point? It's ridiculous. What, we're broke? Is the company going out of business? You know, find out. I doubt it. I doubt it. Everybody looks at cutting payroll ahead of other costs. I don't understand it. They say, well, payroll's our biggest cost. Yeah, well, if you're not a manufacturing company, payroll's going to be your biggest cost. It's also your only source of, of growth and profits. It's the only source of innovation and creativity and collaboration and teamwork and energy and all the things that we say that we want. Delighted customers, all that. It only comes from one source, the employees. So why do we then love to commoditize employees? Puzzling, unless you look at fear. Topic for another day. All right, one more question. Hi, Liz. I'm a web designer and I'm wondering if I should start consulting alongside my full-time job to make more money. It seems like the perfect time because I'm working from home. Not sure how my boss would feel, but I obviously wouldn't do this during working hours. Hmm. I don't see any reason not to. Some companies have what they call a no moonlighting policy, which is real creepy and weird. I don't even want you to work for a company like that. There's not too many of them anymore, thank goodness. That's a policy that needs to be in the dustbin of obscurity. No moonlighting policy says you can't have another job. Can you imagine? You can't go and work in a retail store at night or tend bar or whatever. You can't do it. We don't allow it. I mean, yeesh. Unless it's literally life and death stakes, I can't imagine why that's even legal. But it is in the United States. And so, uh, you know, unless your company has a policy like that, you should be fine. If they have a policy like that, then you would be violating the policy, presumably, by consulting on your own. You can't consult for people who compete with your business. I'd be surprised if they don't have a policy about that. And I agree with that one. You can't be working for your competitors, for your company's competitors, at the same time that you're doing the same kind of work for your own employer. You gotta kind of pick a team, uh, but um, assuming you're not violating your any any of the policies around intellectual property or sharing you know proprietary information or anything like that you know me i think everybody should have a consulting shingle out i think everybody should be a consultant so that we get used to trading our time or expertise and wisdom for money apart from just through our regular job which tends to put us to sleep with respect to our career in the outside world. We tend to go into Rip Van Winkle zone. You remember Rip Van Winkle was the guy in the old folk tale who went up to play bowling, bowling 10 pins, I think, with the gnomes or elves up in the Catskill Mountains and he drank their ale and he fell asleep. And when he woke up, 100 years had passed and he comes down the mountain, you know, 100 and some years old and, you know, is, meets his great-great-grandchildren, but. They long since forgot about Rip Van Winkle. They figured he just disappeared in the mountains. And uh, we, we fall asleep the same way. When you, we take a full-time job, it is so easy to go into a stupor and forget about our own marketability, forget about our resume, forget about our network. That's the worst thing we could do because the working world is not stable like it was. These jobs are not guaranteed and we need to stay awake and aware. So I love the idea that you're thinking about consulting. I think... Given the restraints or constraints that I mentioned, I think you should totally do it. All right, you guys, that's the podcast. You can reach me at support at 
humanworkplace.com. I'd love to hear your stories and questions. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and all over the place. And come by humanworkplace.com and check out our eBooks and virtual courses for job seekers and consultants and managers and HR folks. We'd love to see you there.